All of that inflammation can impair your workout and your recovery. And then as that adds up over time, that could certainly shorten a career. But if you do the right things, right, the plant predominant diet being the most important thing, I believe, out of those lifestyle changes, then I do absolutely think that you can have a, a longer career. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us in more than 130 countries and healthy cities coast to coast. Rockford, Illinois, Carroll, Vermont, Idaho Falls, Idaho. We appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 26 of season five, number 325 overall. James Lightning Wilkes. He is my guest today. You know him. He is the star of the groundbreaking documentary, The Game Changers. Can you believe that it's already been four years since The Game Changers was released? And what an impact that movie has had. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, the impact that this one documentary had was almost immeasurable. Talking about everybody from your run-of-the-mill weekend warriors to big-time professional athletes. We're going to talk to James. Hear him talk about how many of these major pro sports athletes he's heard from. Guys in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, soccer, so many other sports literally from around the world. And a lot of them initially he says, were undercover vegans, reluctant to say what it was they were doing to improve their game. But as more and more people began talking about the benefits of a plant-based diet, you started to see more and more of these athletes come out and say, hey, yeah, guess what? I ditched meat, I ditched dairy too, and my performance has increased. We're also going to get an update on the health of his father, who was featured prominently in the documentary as well. If you recall, his dad was battling some very serious heart issues, and he was trying to get him help during the documentary. So flash forward four years, how is his dad doing today? We're going to find out. We're also going to be diving into the science of plant-based diets and athletics, and specifically the cardiovascular benefits that come with it the improved blood flow why is that we're going to be talking about longevity in professional sports and how diet can play a role in that we're going to talk about tom brady and just a note we tape this literally just days after brady initially retired he has since unretired and is back for his 132nd season in the nfl at least that's what it feels like but I think my favorite question for the entire interview is toward the end when I asked James what his vision for his future is now. How has that changed since he began eating a plant-based diet and really diving headfirst into this community? What's his outlook on life now? We're going to find out. He has a great answer for that. And of course, he will be speaking at the Fairfax Veg Fest coming up on Sunday, April 24th in Herndon, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. We're going to have full details on that after the interview, which begins right now. Thank you so very much for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. 
my man, it is an absolute pleasure. Uh, the Game Changers, man. I mean, just so well-received, so many views. I think that it it, it broke some records uh, with uh, downloads on, on uh, Apple and iTunes initially. So uh, congratulations on all of the success. My first question to you is how has your life changed since the movie came out? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously the pandemic happened and that sort of changed a few things. But before the pandemic, it was difficult for me to go anywhere uh, without, you know, people coming up to me and, and talking about the film and how it had influenced them. And so, uh, yeah, just, get, just getting noticed a lot, you know, the gym or you're going to the restaurant or Home Depot or wherever you are, people coming up saying, you know, thanks so much for making the film. Um, my family's gone mostly plant-based or we've gone completely plant-based. Um, I've got off some medication. I've lost 50 or 100 pounds. I just hear different stuff you know, every day, both in person and online. With the pandemic, obviously, and the in-person stuff sort of calmed down. Um, but that's picking back up again now that um, we're hoping on the tail end of this pandemic. For sure. Uh, your father featured prominently in the documentary too. And I know uh, at least, you know, around the office here, a lot of people are wondering, well, I wonder, you know, how, how he's doing these days. So how is your dad? Yeah, no, he's doing uh, really well. Um, seems to be in the clear with all the, the checks uh, and, and tests that he's getting. And so just helpful that I could have been influential in that with helping him shift, you know, towards plants. So uh, yeah, he's doing really well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, what about among other professional athletes? I know having worked as a sports reporter in a previous life um, that a lot of times uh, they're going to be inclined to try basically anything to get an edge up, a leg up on the competition. And so I suspect that there are many undercover vegans in the NFL, Major League Baseball, MLS, NBA, you name the league. How many of these athletes have you heard of since the film's release who have become inquisitive? Oh, we've had a lot of people reach out from all those leagues, gold medalists from the Olympics, um, you know, just a vast range of high-level athletes reaching out, asking for help. Um, and like you said, some of them are sort of undercover too. Some of them don't really want people uh, to know about it or to talk about it. When we're making the film, you know, some people didn't want to be interviewed because they said, well, I feel like it gives me the competitive edge. And I don't want people knowing my secret. But I think now, you know, since the film's come out, people are realizing that you can really actually get a both a health but also a performance uh, advantage, given that a lot of the same biological mechanisms um, that impact health also impact performance, such as blood flow, inflammation, uh, and so forth, endothelial function. Um, and so I think it's really becoming recognized that a plant-based diet can actually, you know, give you a benefit in athletic performance. Um, and so it's more and more people seem to be trying it. In addition to performance, uh, what would you say it could do to prolong an athlete's career? Yeah, I mean, obviously in, in the acute phase, right, all of that inflammation um, can impair your workout and your recovery. And then as that adds up over time, that can certainly, um, if you don't deal with that, uh, those injuries and that inflammation in the acute phases, um, that could potentially impact uh, you chronically. So over time, that could certainly shorten a career. Uh, but if you do the right things, right, with a good um, diet and lifestyle, so eating a plant-predominant diet, um, getting good sleep, um, you know, uh, trying to reduce stress or deal with stress in, in better ways, if you can do all of those things um, with the plant-predominant diet being the most important thing, I believe, out of those lifestyle changes, then I do absolutely think that you can have a, a longer career in whatever sport it is. And you can see that with, you know, people like Serena Williams or Tom Brady, who's obviously just uh, retired recently. But you know, shifting towards plants to extend their careers. 
You think Brady's coming back, or do you think that he hung it up for good? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, you know, being from England, uh, I don't know much about. It. I just went to the college football playoffs recently. That was the first college football game I'd ever watched because I went and gave the keynote speech there uh, at the college football playoffs um, as regards to nutrition. Um, and but other than that, I don't actually know. You know, I don't. I'm not a huge football fan. Uh, being from England, more rugby and, and things like that. But uh, I have no idea um, what his, what his plans will be. No, no worries about that. Uh, the fact that you were invited to speak at the college football playoffs, being the keynote speaker for nutrition, that is amazing to me. Do you think that the idea of eating this way uh, is really something, especially these younger athletes are gravitating toward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think one, you know, we've presented the science. And so I think the younger audience is sort of more into looking at the science and the information. Um, I also think that, you know, the younger generation is also, you know, more sort of more aware of the impact that it can have on the planet and so a lot more people are um you know influenced by that and, and it's sort of a win-win right so better for you and also better for the planet and so i think with those that um those different motivations people are a lot more open to it now and, and really making a shift um towards more plant-forward eating and there is, though, also among the the older athletes, I think still a stigma or a taboo with eating a plant based or a vegan diet still exists. Do you I mean, do you still get the sense that there is that resistance among that older demographic? Uh, I think there is. I mean, I think there's sort of a, a percentage of people or whatever it might be that just really can't change their ways. Um, and they've been sort of brainwashed by both, you know, what, what their parents told them and what society believes and the marketing, right, and the infiltrated science by the animal foods industry, that uh, I think they have a very hard time changing what they eat. And, and in a lot of ways, it's tied to their identity, right? Um, especially, you know, men who just feel like it's manly to eat uh, animal products. And so I think when you've got a habit, you've been eating that way your whole life, and it's tied to your identity, especially, and there's been a lot of marketing, right? And there's also like memories from food, right? So if you were eating uh, bacon with your parents growing up, maybe you've got like fond memories of that, like that smell and that taste ties in with fond memories. Now. So there's a lot of things working against people making shifts in uh, a healthier direction. Um, and yeah, I think older people are probably a bit more resistant in general. Um is there a way to kind of move the needle for somebody who is so dug in? So for example, right, you come from the ultimate fighting championship, UFC. Uh, you, you think about a person like a Dana White or a commentator, Joe Rogan, uh, very much both extremely skeptical to say the least about eating a plant-based diet. I mean, really heels dug in, probably don't want to listen much to the science there at all. I mean, is there a way to start moving that needle or, when you're dealing with somebody like that, is it just you got to kind of sit back and, and wait for them to come to you if they ever decide to? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, what we've learned from the behavioral psychology that we looked at is it's really about showcasing role models. Um, and so you need the science, right? But that should hang on the narrative and the stories of these amazing role models. And as you noticed in the film, you know, we had athletes, firefighters and soldiers. Um, unfortunately, with, with Dana and with Joe, you know, they are people's role models in many ways. So, um You've got to, you know, it's no good if you, if you want someone to believe uh, in your position, there's no good showing them something on the total other end. So if you show them sort of tree-hugging hippies, um, 
that are super progressive and then perhaps a little bit more on the right, like they're never going to buy into those ideologies. And so you have to have someone that's sort of like-minded and role models that you can look up to that believe this way and, and, uh, and, and eat in this way. Uh, you, you have been on Joe Rogan's show, have you not? I have, yeah. The debate against a guy called Chris Cresser, who'd been on an earlier episode trying to debunk the game changers. And uh, I don't think the first hour of the debate went well over the three hours and 45 minutes because um, Joe was on his side. And then Joe started to come around and recognize that uh, he'd said that I hadn't lost a single argument against Chris. And so there's a lot of misinformation. And it's tough because I watched the Chris Cresser debunk episode and I tried to sort of remove myself and from what I actually know. And I thought, well, if I was just a regular, you know, person that hadn't read any of this literature, um, I would actually have found Chris Cress's, um episode very convincing, actually. Um, and so I was, uh, I was grateful for Joe to let me on there and do, do the debate. But uh, I think I clearly won won that debate. I, I've heard that you have as well. Uh, I, I need to go back and watch that myself, to be honest with you. Um, did did he have any conversations with you after the show? Like any any questions that that he wanted to ask you that didn't necessarily get brought up during the debate? Uh, with Chris or with Joe? Joe. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about the Maasai or something, or you know, some hunter gatherer tribes as as a sort of a reason why meat eating was natural and beneficial. Of course, there's a lot of myths around you know the longevity in those tribes and the actual cases of heart disease, and there's reasons why. Um, you know, their cholesterol is low, for example, because they have parasites in the blood that they drink and the parasites eat the cholesterol. You know, there's, there's a lot of sort of, um, you know, reasons people will give for why you should be eating mostly meat or exclusively meat or whatever around. And, the, you know, the, the arguments just don't hold any water when you actually look at them. But I think we talked a little bit about that. And of course, in those, um, I'm not telling other people what they should be eating, especially in different parts of the world. But um, I don't, likewise, I don't think we should be pointing to the Inuit or the Messiah as great examples of, of health either. I want to shift back to football here. Um, I had a conversation one time with an offensive lineman when he was playing here in Washington, really a, a big name. He now plays for the 49ers, a guy by the name of, of Trent Williams. And he was interested in eating a plant-based diet because diabetes runs so rampant in his family. But as you know, I mean, even without being the, the biggest football fan in the world, like, you, you know, if you're going to play on the offensive or the defensive line, you just need to be a massive human being. And one of the things that Trent struggled with was to maintain that mass and, and still be able to compete. And so he said, well, look, I've got to table this until after I retire. But then, you know, we, we look at some of the other athletes in the movies, you know, world's strongest man, like they don't have this kind of struggle that Trent was having. So have you had conversations with other athletes like Trent who struggle to maintain that mass? And what are some of the tips that you might give them? Yeah, I've heard that before. And I think people do experience that. Um, you know, especially when they switch there, obviously um, plant-based foods in general have lower caloric density. So that's a great thing when you're trying to lose weight, right? Is that you're hitting those stretch receptors sooner. And so you feel satiated and you don't overeat. Now, of course, on the other way, if you need 6,000, 8,000 calories a day, because you're a 325 pound football player, um, I think it can actually be challenging to get that all completely from whole foods. And so that's, I think, when there's a case for having, you know, a little bit, not heavily processed foods, but some of the lighter processed uh, plant foods, because you can just cram in a lot more calories, right? And so 
you know, I don't think having tons and tons of oil is great, but it's very calorically dense, right? And so if you have some uh, olive oil or whatever, that's an easy way to get in calories as an example. Or eating the, you know, the higher calorically dense food. So dried fruit, uh, for example, you can get a lot more calories, right? Or uh, nuts and seeds are pretty high in calories too. So yeah, I think it's um, just getting in the higher calorically dense food. So you're not feeling totally full and bloated and not kind of force feed yourself all the time with just tons and tons of vegetables. Obviously, you want to get in the whole grains, legumes, uh, fruits and vegetables, but perhaps, you know, a bit more nuts and seeds. And then if you really need to get in six, 8,000 calories like some of these guys, then, you know, getting in some oils and things like that might actually be uh, an easy way to get calories in. Yeah, you know, and and then the funny thing was, is he had a teammate also who a smaller guy on the team played in the defensive secondary. So he didn't need to have this enormous frame. He needed to be light and quick. He too, then he's eating a pescatarian diet at that point, but very, very little fish still. But he had the team install a smoothie station for him that had literally everything you could possibly want to put in there from your greens to your seeds. He had chia seeds, uh, all kinds of nut butters and fruits and other vegetables that he could always blend up. And so while his teammates were loading up on steak and pork and chicken in between practices, you know, here he is blending up a storm and getting these really calorically dense smoothies that he said really served him so well throughout the season. And to the point where late in the year, when everybody else in the locker room is walking around, really struggling to move because they're so beaten up. Well, here's DJ. He's literally just kind of like skipping down the stairs as if it's the beginning of training camp and his body is daisy fresh. I just thought that the, the contrast there between those two guys was extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, I think smoothies are, you know, I have a smoothie uh, most days. And one of the main smoothies I have has 750 calories and 35 grams of protein. And that's not with any added protein powder or anything else. Again, I'm not against protein powder, um, but you can certainly get a lot of protein and a lot of calories from whole foods. I could easily bump that up to 1,000 calories or 1,200 if I really wanted to. But the, the one I usually have is 750, and that's got hemp seeds, you know, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, a cup of soy milk, uh, you know, some oats, greens, cherries or berries. Um, you can really uh, get a lot of calories and a lot of protein uh, in the smoothie form. It's, um, that's a good way for, for these big guys to get it in as well. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, James. <laughs> that, that actually sounds really good. Um, how many calories do you estimate you're, you're burning off during your workouts? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I haven't tracked it for, for years. You know, I used to wear monitors and, and track my uh, calories and macros and things like that, but haven't done that for years. I mean, you know, it could vary, right? Like a workout could be just 300 calories or it could be 800 calories. Um, you know, I think people forget that most of the calories that you're burning are just from sort of everyday living, right? From your, your brain taking up a lot of energy and just, just normal everyday life. So, I mean, you can certainly, um, you know, burn a lot of calories working out. Um, but, you know, people think that that's a great way to lose weight. Uh, but in the long term, the studies actually show it's really about what you're eating uh, more than how much you're working out. Typically, the more you work out, uh, the more hungry you are, and you end up meeting more. And so um, it does seem that like there isn't much benefit actually to exercise in terms of uh, fat loss independent of the caloric difference, right? So um, certainly working out is very beneficial for your health. Um, but in terms of weight loss, it's really you know what you're putting in your mouth that, uh, that's the most important. 
appreciate you being so generous with your time. We have about five minutes left. I wanted to ask you this. This came up recently on a show that uh, that I host called The Exam Room, and it was somebody who wrote in, and they were like, well, what is the benefit of eating a plant-based diet in terms of cardiovascular fitness? What does an athlete gain from that aside from having less blockages in their arteries? Is that the entire benefit, or what would you say to this, this person? Uh, it's, I mean, it's not just about blockages in your arteries, right? So one, yes, you're less likely to get um, calcified buildup and, and create these um, lesions inside of the arteries. But you produce more nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator that allows those arteries to open up. And when those arteries open up, that allows more blood flow and more oxygen to get to the muscles and other organs of the body. Um, I mean, so that's primarily, I mean, it, it can change also blood viscosity. Um, but you just typically get, uh, you know, your heart rate can come down, uh, less blood pressure. Um, and so that you're not like taxing those arterial walls as much. Um, just, just better blood flow, uh, which means better oxygen and better, um, nutrients to the muscles really is, is where it's at. Um, so it's not just about sort of the physical clogging of the arteries. There's also things with like plaque morphology, like the shape of those plaques, um, you know, in hindering blood flow as well. It's not quite as simple as just sort of clogs in the arteries. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but um, just better blood flow overall, making it easier on the heart and uh, larger, you know, the blood vessels can dilate or open more um, and just get you better nutrients and uh, more nutrients and more oxygen to those muscles. Which also speaks to the benefit of then eating that type of diet for an endurance athlete as well, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, from endurance to, you know, I mean, there's definitely, you know, different diets can be eaten and people can perform well in the short term, right? Um, but if you want to have longevity, you want faster recovery, you want less inflammation, you want high antioxidants. When you exercise, you create oxidative stress. So you're getting those antioxidants from the plants. Um, uh, but across the board, yeah, I mean, first of all, for most sports, right? Like if, you, if you're doing shot put or javelin or maybe a hundred meter sprint, like the carbohydrates might not be as important there, right? But for most sports, if you're going out for any sort of distance running, if you're playing football or soccer or basketball or martial arts or, or whatever it is, um, having a sort of high level of carbohydrates to replenish those glycogen stores um, is going to be beneficial for athletic performance. Certainly people can sort of get fat adapted and, and um, you know, be able to burn more fat. But what people forget is that when you're – in that mode where you're burning more fat, you're also eating a lot more fat. So you're depositing more fat. So there's not a, like a net gain of like fat loss there. And so um, certainly with plant-based diets, you can get you know plenty of carbs and fiber and so forth. And so um, just beneficial for health and, and athletic performance. How frustrating is it for you, speaking of carbs, that we live in such a carb phobic society when, I mean, you and I both know that there are two completely different kinds of carbohydrates in the world and the carbs that you're talking about here are extremely healthy, yet they get lumped in with the same kind of carbs that would be found in say a donut. Yeah. I mean, so basically, you know, white sugar, processed white flour and so forth. Um, they gave carbs in general a bad name, right? And so actually, if you look at carbohydrate consumption overall, um, especially carbohydrates from, um, from whole foods, you actually have uh, uh, smaller waist circumference and lower body fat. You know, so that's totally against what a lot of people think, that carbs make you fat. Um, and then 
you know, what you if you are trying to cut down on carbs, like if you if you reduce, there's a study done by Harvard in 2018, um, which looked at replacing carbs, which was largely coming from these processed carbs that we're talking about with fat and protein. Well, when they switched them out for fat and protein from animal sources, the um, risk of overall mortality went up by 18% from baseline. If you switched out those high processed carbs for fat and protein from plant-based sources, you actually had an 18% decrease uh, risk of overall mortality from baseline. So, you know, people are often sort of into this sort of macronutrient ratio thinking that's important, but it's really about the quality of those macronutrients and the quality of that food that's going to make a difference. And in that regard, we're just much better off, you know, shifting towards a much uh, more plant-centric diet. Just a couple more quick ones here. Uh, are you still working at all as a combat instructor? Uh, occasionally, obviously the pandemic cut that down a little bit, um, but I still do some with some of the elite government agencies, um, both in law enforcement, you know, I think the, the better training they have, the less likely they are have to use lethal force, right? If they can arrest someone and not hurt them uh, as much, then they don't need to go to the lethal force. They feel more confident. They don't get as scared. They don't need to go to their firearm. And then also with the military as well. So I'm still doing some of that. Um, but my main focus really is on you know, plant-based advocacy and helping people, um, you know, live better lives. Uh, do, when you're, when you do get the opportunity to work with law enforcement uh, and the government agencies, do, does the topic of nutrition come up or do you just keep it strictly business? Oh, uh, yeah. Every time now I like to, uh, <laughs> usually that, you know, usually people that come to a seminar or a class have, uh, you know, some of them have seen the film and start asking about it just sort of naturally. And it's really been interesting to see the amount of those people that have already made the switch for firefighters, um, law enforcement, military, sort of the groups that you wouldn't have originally uh, anticipated switching uh, towards more plant-based or completely vegan diets. Um, we're certainly, I'm certainly seeing a lot of that, but yeah, it always comes up and there's a lot of questions uh, about that. There's some myths that they've heard that they continue to believe that they ask me about and I clarify those. And, um, but it's great to see those types of uh, people getting on board. And let's do what we call in the business here, a tease. Uh, I know that there's not a whole lot that you can tell us about the Game Changers Institute, but it sounds like you're really building upon this great foundation that the movie has laid. So what what can you tell us as much as you can uh, about this? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So yeah, the Game Changers Institute is a research, education, and advocacy platform promoting plant-forward eating. Um, so we've already put a couple of things out um, in the peer-reviewed literature. So there's one on the flaws of the DS uh, protein scoring system, which is sort of this newer protein scoring system, which favors, of course, animal foods. And, you know, obviously, if you go back and look at the history of it, it was really the dairy industry that pushed that. And surprise, surprise, the dairy industry now has the highest score on this, um, on this scoring system. There's a bunch of flaws with it. So there's a paper out on that. Um, I believe you can get to it through the GameChangersInstitute.com uh, website. And then we also, uh, uh, Chief uh, Science Officer also put out one on creatine recently and, and how that can affect athletic performance, whether that creatine is coming from uh, animal products or whether it's coming from supplements and showing that actually coming from supplements is actually more beneficial in terms of athletic performance. So we're putting out some papers in the peer-reviewed literature. Um, we're working on a research project with a major university with uh, regards to the microbiome and athletic performance. And we've also become the exclusive nutrition partner for the Green Sports Alliance, which is uh, another nonprofit which is focused on the greening of sports, whether that be, you know, energy reduction, changing light bulbs. And every major league in the United States is a member of the Green Sports Alliance, NFL, um, MLB, and so on. 
and uh, we've become their exclusive nutrition partner. And we are working on putting out literature, you know, for the all the teams that are members and the leagues, uh, 200 stadiums and venues. And so we're, we're proud to be working with them. And that's another great organization for people to check out the Green Sports Alliance. Are you, are you able to work with players unions at all and go directly to the athletes themselves? Uh, I mean, we could do, but we focused on, you know, I've been talking at an NLB sort of uh, physicians conference. So we're working more with the dietitians and the doctors and then sort of the team level rather than at the individual level. But again, as I said earlier, we are getting a lot of athletes reaching out asking for, you know, help with, with their nutrition. And so we are doing some of that as well. And final question to you is kind of the the inspirational one. Uh, in the movie, uh, as, a, as a young man, the kid that uh, you showed up there, that the film that your family had, you loved Superman. And we saw you in a cape, I do believe, at one point. Um, do you feel now kind of like Superman? Like, how has your vision for your future changed? Um, so many of us feel like our family's history with heart disease uh, will become our history with heart disease or diabetes or any one of the diseases that we've talked about here today. Now, knowing what you do about nutrition and eating the way that you do, living the lifestyle that you do, how has your own vision for your future changed? Well, I think I just, I mean, when I got into this, it was quite selfish, right? I was looking at uh, increasing my, uh, well, speeding up my recovery and increasing my <clears throat> athletic performance. Um, but as I sort of understand more around public health and what's happening to the planet and the animals, I mean, there's just so many reasons to help people shift towards plant-based eating. And so I'm proud of the impact that the film had with becoming uh, seemingly the most viewed documentary of all time with over 100 million views. We had 1.5 billion media impressions, including 40,000 organic press articles. Interest in plant-based eating more than tripled worldwide uh, within a couple of weeks uh, of the film coming out on Netflix, according to Google Trends. We also had an analyst recently run uh, the data, and it looks like 75% of the increased interest in plant-based eating since 2004 is a direct result of the film. Uh, and so I'm proud of our impact. And that's really, you know, once I realized the damage that animal foods were doing both to people and the planet, uh, I became very motivated. That's really become my focus is encouraging people to shift towards more uh, plant forward diets. And, uh, so it's totally changed. Like if you'd have asked me that when I was fighting, I never thought I'd be involved with nutrition or, you know, heavily involved with, with plant-based eating certainly. Um, and so it's definitely changed the direction of my life, but I'm proud that we've made an impact. And of course, it's not just me, it's the whole team at Game Changers, especially Joseph Pace, the other producer and main writer of the film. Uh, but it's the whole team, right. That we had with the film and now with Game Changers Institute. And so it's, uh, it's that collective, um, work that we're doing, which I think is making uh, an impact in the world. James Wilkes, appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks, Chuck. James Lightning Wilkes. Again, he will be speaking at the Fairfax Veg Fest on Sunday, April 24th in beautiful Herndon, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Not too terribly far from where I went to high school, just about 10 miles up the road. Sunday, April 24th, I'm going to be emceeing that day. And of course, James, he's going to be there speaking. And get this, this is the lineup for the day. I mean, it is a virtual who's who in the plant-based community. Dr. Neil Barnard will be speaking that day. Day, as will Dr. Jim Loomis, our colleague from the Physicians Committee, who was also featured in the Game Changers. You know, Dr. Loomis, before he came to the Physicians Committee, was also 
the team physician for both the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team and St. Louis Rams NFL team before they moved to Los Angeles. So he definitely has those athletic chops in addition to being an athlete himself. Plus, Dr. Baxter Montgomery, T. Colin Campbell, also recently on the show, he will be speaking at the VegFest on April 24th as well. And of course, Gwen Whitaker, the founder, the CEO of Green Fair Restaurant out there in Herndon. She's helping to put this whole thing on and she too will be up on stage speaking along with many, many others. Plus, it's a VegFest. So you know there's going to be local farms there and there is going to be a lot of stuff to eat. A lot of yummy things that you can eat. I mean, we're talking yum yums for days. So if you want full details on the event, click the link in the episode notes. It will take you right on over to fairfaxvegfest.org. So it has been a really exciting week here at the Physicians Committee. Our team of researchers has just published a brand new study looking at rheumatoid arthritis and asking the question, how can diet help? So here's what they did. They did a randomized crossover trial with dozens of rheumatoid arthritis patients trying to find that answer. And I do hope to have one of the lead researchers of this study on the show very soon. Dr. Hanna Kaliova, you know her, she's been here before. But if you would like a preview of this. Matter of fact, you can spoil the entire thing. See how just how promising these results are. You can see the full study right now. It is published in the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine. But for the sake of the show here right now, let me paint with some broad strokes. Over the course of 16 weeks, the patients were put on a vegan diet. And then over time, they began to eliminate foods out of that diet. One by one, did an elimination diet. And then slowly, they reintroduced some of those foods, trying to figure out what those trigger foods were, what causes those RA flare-ups. Then the other half of the participants, they were given a placebo for those 16 weeks. But then after the 16 weeks were up, the two groups switched. So the placebo group then went on the vegan diet and the vegan diet group then went on the placebo. And the results, so good. The findings, as researchers like to say, were statistically significant, but I would like to call it very statistically significant. So I hope to have a full show on this very, 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 very soon. But in the meantime, we've got you covered with some other great content. Dr. Matthew Nagra, he will be joining me on the exam room live on the next episode. So you can actually join us live on Wednesday, one day before the podcast drops. We're going to be taping the episode live noon eastern 9 a.m pacific on wednesday that will be on the physicians committee's youtube channel and facebook page and this time we're going to be going and taking a look at meat a closer look at meat dr nagar he did a brilliant post on instagram recently all about this and studies showing that eating meat can help you live longer no do not adjust your ears i literally just said that eating meat can help you live longer but, but with these studies that he was talking about, there happens to be a major flaw in the methodology. We're talking about skewed results so that, as he explains, you could theoretically also use the same kind of results to show that smoking cigarettes can increase your life expectancy. 
So, so we're going to be getting into that and how to really try to figure out if a study is on the up and up or if you should just keep rolling right on by. Going to be a good show, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, this Wednesday on YouTube and on Facebook. And of course, the replay will be right back here on the podcast on Thursday. But before we wrap up today... Why not take a trip to the exam room news desk for a look at a new study, one that offers a triple serving of health benefits for nine people battling chronic illness, all from one diet with zero caloric restrictions. Lower blood sugar, lower cholesterol, smaller waist. Researchers say participants in a new study experienced all three, plus some benefits on top of that after following a plant-based diet for 12 weeks. The study out of Taiwan looks at patients who had high levels of unhealthy fat in their blood, a condition known as dyslipidemia. The patients were given a diet that stressed whole grains and at least three servings of fruits, seven servings of beans and soy, three servings of nuts, and 400 to 600 grams of vegetables per day, which is roughly up to eight servings. But what there wasn't was any restriction on calories. The results? An average weight loss of more than four pounds, total cholesterol drops about 22 points, and the heavier patients also saw an average of two inches come off of their waist. Plus, those new to a vegan or vegetarian diet also saw TMAO levels plummet, with inflammation levels also falling nearly across the board. Experts believe the low amounts of saturated fat and high amounts of fiber in a plant-based diet could explain the positive results. The study is published in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition, and you can find a link to it right now in the episode notes. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to James Lightning Wilkes for coming on the show today and helping to raise our health IQs. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember... As always, keep it plant-based.